Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell and I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs and I've been building programs since 1994 and mostly out of my personal training studio for many, many, many years. Anyway, this podcast is about getting to the bottom of things, figuring out why things may work and why things may not work, and giving you the scientific explanation as best I can. Today's topic is on what are the best preventative measures for the knee, specifically for running. And this question comes from a young woman out there and a listener and a follower named Gina. She asked great questions and uh, she was piggybacking on one of my podcasts earlier where I was talking about do things that don't hurt and don't do things that do hurt. And she liked it and she asked specifically what are things you can do for the knee because there's a lot of information out there. So let's dive into that. First and foremost, understand that running doesn't cause knee injuries, hip injuries, ankle injuries, any kind of injuries. Running poorly with bad biomechanics can, or doing too much too soon can weaken down the soft tissue, which could potentially lead to injuries. But again, that's not the running mode's fault. That's just get trying to do a little bit too much more than we're really ready for. And sometimes it can come, or I should say injuries can come from imbalances in the muscles. So first we have to understand that running gets kind of a bad rap, as really does every exercise that supposedly can be counterproductive. I spoke about the bench press a few weeks ago and people liked hearing about that because sometimes it's blamed to be a rotator cuff killer. And again, it's it's not. It's all in how you do things, what your loads are, how you're managing your recovery and those kind of things. So we have to understand that exercise is great. We just have to know how to do it within our boundaries that we need to have to be most healthful at what we're trying to do. Okay, so running doesn't cause injuries. Get that out of your head. If you've heard it, if you've said it, if you've uttered it, please quit saying it because the actual research states otherwise, as I spoke about in the prior podcast, and I will state it again, a famous study was done in New York City where they looked at participants over the course of over 40 years, and they essentially tracked them into older age, and what they found was the senior citizens over 80 that ran had actually less osteoarthritis in their knee than those who didn't. And they're now finding out, well, they've known for a while actually, that one of the greatest causes of osteoarthritis is inactivity. We are born to move. We are born to run. As the famous book says, that doesn't mean if you don't enjoy running, you need to go start running. It just means that if you do enjoy running, don't stop because you think it's going to cause problems. Okay? So, 
we got that out of the way. So what are some of the best strength training moves we can do to keep our knees strong specifically is what Gina asked. So in my world, the first thing that I do with anybody that's experiencing a little bit of knee problems or they're looking to get on a preventative plan of any kind is do what is called a needs analysis. A needs analysis is a little bit further than an assessment. The basic assessment is you look at different uh, physical fitness attributes like blood pressure, heart rate, maybe some strength parameters, and if you're screening for orthopedic issues of any kind, you may do like an overhead squat. You might assess that a little bit, but a needs analysis goes a little bit further. I really like doing it, and it's not as technical as it may sound. Again, the method to the madness is what are we really trying to locate? So rather than go down this huge, enormous checklist, which there are some uh, you know, forms out there like that, I've learned to kind of simplify these checklists but still do my needs analysis. And basically, the first thing we look at is what is the activity that the person's doing? I'm just gonna keep this strictly to knee. I can do other joints, any anyone you want, just you gotta ask. So I'm gonna keep this to knee. So, what are the activities a person does? And that's important because the needs analysis says, are they running straight forward? Which in technical terms, we call that in the sagittal plane. Are they running straight forward like a runner would or a sprinter would? So, okay, that's one activity. Are they really into CrossFit and activities like that where there is very, very deep knee flexion? So I have to look at those kind of activities. Does the athlete go side to side like they might in soccer, like they might in football? So first I have to know what are the overwhelming activities that the individual is going to do. All right, so Gina, I know a little bit from um, following her on Facebook and she's done some of our events. I know mostly she's a straightforward runner. She does triathlons, so she bikes, but she's a straightforward runner and she does some strength training, but I believe she already does follow a nice, good, solid plan. So she runs straight forward. I don't have to worry about lateral motion. So I get that out of the way. The next thing I look at is, are there pre-existing conditions? Did the person hurt their knee previously? Do they have some sort of um, impairment from prior injury that might lead to future injury? Because one of the greatest correlations between a future injury is a past injury, but that's not to freak you out. It just means that if you say tore your anterior cruciate ligament or ACL, you are a little more likely to tear it in the future. They don't know if that's due to weakened tissues or the fact there was something in you that already set that up to begin with. But we do know that. So that's the other thing I look at in the needs analysis is are there pre-existing conditions of any kind? Next thing I look at, which gets overlooked greatly, is muscle imbalances. Like everybody follows the same strength training plan that they see their neighbor do. Like they might do squats, they might do lunges, they might do step ups, they might do leg extensions and all these things that are great exercises. But do you need them? For example, sometimes knee issues, and again, when I'm talking issues, these are things that can be so prevented and worked on. 
is there an imbalance between the quads and the hamstrings? So for me, I have very dominant quads. They, they're just bigger than my hamstrings, probably partly genetic. The other reason might be, you know, I spent my younger days, my 20s squatting so much and we didn't squat overly low because we didn't really know better. You know, we just wanted to use big weights. So we probably went halfway down which means I really targeted my quads for many, many years. Plus I've done a lot of cycling. So I'm over dominant in my quads. That could lead to issues in the knee. And it could even be part of your quad that's more dominant. A lot of times the vastus lateralis, if you cycle a lot, gets more dominant than the medialis. So we have to look at that. So where are you dominant? And if you're dominant there, basically put that training on hold. So like for me, uh, I have to always say, Rob, you don't need to do that much quad work. What are you doing? You know, it's very satisfying work because it's hard work, but at the same time, I have to be objective and go, I need more hamstring work. I need more glute work. I need more glute medius work. And most guys do because we just got in the habit of not getting to parallel on our squats and you know that's where the glute work comes in and a lot of times we neglect the hamstrings I mean we're like everybody else the guys the women are better about this but we tend to be mirror muscle people oh I can't see my hammies you know even though I really don't mind working them they just get neglected so we look at or I look at where are the imbalances in an individual so I can't say oh you should do leg extensions and squats. It, it depends. If you're over dominant in your quads, you need to back off working them and work your hamstrings. If you are, say, you've never done sideways action stuff like abduction and tube walks, then you need to work your glute medius and do that stuff. Most likely, if you've never done it, you have an imbalance there. And that's probably, again, the case with many guys. So that's the next part of the needs analysis I do is simply look for muscle imbalances. So long and short of that is because this is an audio video I, I really can't show you. What basically it means is that don't just be following a leg routine of somebody. If That means if you care, like if you're a runner, if you're a cyclist, if you're a swimmer, whatever, don't just follow a random leg workout. Decide, and this is true for every muscle and every joint, where are you deficient? Where do you need to do some makeup work? Again, for me, very simple. More hamstring work, more glute medius work. And then my knees are a little bit feeling a lot better because I'm more in balance. Sometimes we overdevelop our gastrocs, our calf muscles too, in the case of people that get some knee pain. And we need to back off the calf muscles and work more the anterior tibialis. So the needs analysis says we need to look at your particular frame and figure that out. And then finally in the needs analysis is, and, and of course I'm already assuming if the person's in pain or not, because that changes everything. If they're in pain, the first thing they do have to do is get out of pain, which means, you know, rest, ice, all that good stuff, basically before they can start prehabbing or rehabbing. Okay, so that's an assumption I was making. Um, but the, the final thing I do is what do you have access to? Do you have access to machines, free weights, body weight tubes? Those things matter as far as prescribing the exercises because the needs analysis doesn't do us any good if we get this far and say, okay, so you need to do 
leg curls for your hamstrings, anterior tibialis for your anterior tibialis, so toe raises. You need to do um, abduction on the Nautilus machine and then do your rest of your upper body and they look at you and go, I don't have any of those things. So then I have to say, oh, okay, so how do we train that medialis without a machine? So that matters. So I hope this helps. The long and short of it is there really isn't a specific type of exercises you can do except preventative strength training is so critical for preventing all injuries because you are working the soft tissues around the joint. But you have to work where you have a deficit. If you don't have a specific deficit, then it's very simple, Gina. You go above the knee, below the knee. Whenever you want to protect the joint, think about those muscles. So above the knee are all four quads. And on the posterior side is all four hamstrings which too much science here to get into and I don't just don't want to ramble on terms basically there are four hamstrings look them up there are four quads train all eight of these muscles basically it's doesn't have to be that elaborate a good leg extension machine will train the quads a good uh, leg curl machine will train the hamstrings but there are all those muscles and then train below by doing the gastrox and the atib and then do a compound movement like a squat, but stay in a pain-free arc as I always talk about. But that's if you don't have any imbalances. If you have imbalances, then you need to back off one and do more of the other or totally exclude the other. So that is how we prevent it. And then probably even more important than that, it's hard to say because doing proper strength training is so important but also just be on a plan of progression. Don't do too much too soon. Rarely do you see anybody get ankle, knee, hip, whatever injuries when they build up their distance slowly and maintain it and don't progress too fast too soon. Wear good shoes, always warm up, stay within your pace zones, but really so much of it is about you know, don't just bounce the mileage up. Don't go too hard. Listen to your body. You don't have to race every run. They can be nice and easy. So really it's overtraining or too much too soon that adds to these little nagging injuries, which down the road can become more serious because again, injury means possible more injury. So we don't want that too much too soon stuff, even though pretty minor can be they can add up. So we don't want that and it doesn't have to happen. People that run their whole life build up their distance slowly, build up their pace slowly and they hold it. And then they let their body adapt into everything. All right, that was a great question. I want you guys to keep them coming. That's what makes this podcast fun and helpful. Just like I used to tell students, ask the question because it's not selfish. I'm sure other people are wondering the same thing. All right. So now let me thank our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. You know, it's funny, I just helped Jonathan rehab his knee. He is doing great. He was a candidate of a little bit too much too soon and some muscle imbalances. He was doing some exercises when he was doing different workouts that he maybe necessarily didn't need to do and we needed to target other areas. And now his knee is doing great. He's back to running, he's back to surfing. He wants to do a half marathon. 
So that is a wonderful thing. And even more important than that, he's got his knees so darn strong, he can go out there and find you any house you want. How's that for a plug? He can. And his information will be, I should say their information, because his beautiful wife, Lynn, is his partner in crime, will be in the show notes, and they can be reached at thegildengroup.com. Until next time, be max fit and be max well.